0: blessing. Thank you for that. All right, Psalm 12 and 6 and 7, and we're continuing just looking at Scripture, at the Word of God, and our text tonight. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Notice this, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation Forever, forever. You know, it's not our job to preserve God's Word. If we wanted to, we couldn't. But it's not our job. And it's not man's failure if God's Word is not here. Because God is the one that said that he was going to preserve it. Last week we looked at the, pre, the the inspiration of God's word. God is the author. He has given it. But not only did he give it, he said that he was going to preserve it. Yeah. And and with that, then we have, to, we have to look at this. Do we have a Bible? This morning we looked at it and there's a battle that's going on and unfortunately uh, we have several that were in classes and whatnot and junior churches and so you weren't in here this morning uh, but out of people that are self Proclaimed Believers, a Gallup poll went out. Uh, It's been a 20-year poll, and they've got the statistics for the last 20 years uh, on how this poll was run and what the responses were. But uh, this last year, uh, of those that attend church, self-proclaimed believers, self-proclaimed born-again believers, those that attend at least once a month say That only 25% of them believe that God's Word is inspired. That means 75% don't believe it. Of those that attend weekly, only 40% believe that God's Word is inspired. That means six out of 10 people who attend church every single week don't believe we have a Bible there is a battle going on for the authority of God's Word. And that battle is not a new battle. That's a battle that has gone on since since the Garden of Eden. And so it is something that we have seen over and over again, and it's... And it's, uh, uh, if you really think about the mission that God has given us to do, if believers don't believe the Bible, then no wonder so many don't ever share it because they don't have confidence in it. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter number three. Genesis chapter three. In this, in this passage, we're going to go back to the very fall of man. We'll find the very first attack uh, and with this, when, when Satan is trying to get man to fall, to sin against God, the, the very thing that he attacks is the Word of God. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. Uh, and it says, the, uh, the serpent. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. Yea, Hath God said? Are you are you sure that's what God said? Are, are you sure that that's what you sure that that's what God meant? When I was a teenager and uh, just getting into church and serving the Lord, uh, one of the uh, kids that were in the church, uh, he was he was a rebel, uh, and so we got along well. Uh, but anyway, uh, his mom, single single mom, raising him, and uh, anyway, uh, he he comes comes back and he was he was grounded, and I was like, well, what happened? He said, well, uh, I. I went out and I told my mom I was going to be home later, and she asked me when I was going to be home, and I told her I'd be home after dark. He didn't come home till like two in the morning. And, uh, but, he, but that was not what was meant. That was not what was understood. When well, Mom said, "Okay, well you're gonna be after dark," she's thinking as soon as dark gets there, you're coming home. Uh, but that's not what uh, what uh, he ended up doing, and so he got into all kinds of trouble, and rightly so, he should have. Uh, but here, what do we have? We have that uh, that what was said, what God had said, and we find the devil. Uh, he is challenging what God said. Yea, hath God said, "Ye shall not have eat, eat of every tree of the garden." Not only did he question it, he also, uh, he he challenged it. Uh, He he said that it was untrue. Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and uh, evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that was pleasant to the, the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. There was that casting of doubt upon the word of God, the authority of God's word, the efficacy of God's word, and and as well as the accuracy of God's word. And so we have to ask ourselves, do we have a Bible? Do we have an every word Bible? Do we have an every word Bible? There are so many Bibles. Which Bible? So, tonight I want to preach to you on the subject Does it matter? Does it matter? And let's pray. Father, I do pray that you'd help us this evening. Help us as we uh, look at this, the, the truths that are here in your word. I pray that our faith would be strengthened. I pray that uh, doubt would be taken away. I pray that we would understand the, the battle that is going on and that it does matter. And so I pray that you just work in a mighty way and help us tonight, please, for Christ's sake, amen. Let me say this, every Bible cannot be true. Because they're not the, the same. Right, right. Things that are different are not the same. Right. Let me say that again. Things that are different are not the same. And we say, well, they, they all mean the same thing. But they don't. They don't. And there are passages of Scripture. The Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion. Isn't it confusing? Well, what's Bible? You go into a bookstore and you try to find a Bible, and there are so many Bibles. So that is that's confusing. And if you pick them up and read, do you know what it would be like if we stood to read Scripture and we had uh, Brother Franklin reading out of uh, the NIV and we had, uh, I'm reading out of the CEV uh, and Brother Billy is reading out of the ASV uh, and Brother Brother uh, uh, Bradley is reading out of the BV, B, uh, BVDs and, uh, <laughs> uh, and we have all these different acronyms and all these different different Bibles, all we have is confusion. Do you know how hard it would be to try to memorize Scripture? It's confusing. God is not the author of confusion. Do do you know our Bible was written in languages that have not changed? So the Old Testament is not challenged by all the other translations. What's challenged is the New Testament, and so you have uh, you have the texts. You have the, the translations, you have the manuscripts, you have copies, you have all of these different things that come in, and, and the Old Testament isn't challenged. The Old Testament was written in Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew, Chaldean, uh, and then the New Testament was written in Koine Greek, which was a, uh, the Greek of the day. Uh, it was a dying language, and with that, uh, our language continues to change. English language continues to change. And with that, then, the meanings of words change. And I, I believe God was smart enough to know that he wanted it to be in a language that was not going to be in continual transit to where the understanding uh, would not be there. The Bible tells us that we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And, uh, and so, so with that, we're not going to get into the, all the translations, manuscripts, translators, and the translations, all of that tonight, though we could. And I have taught on them. And if there are some that that love that type of teaching, but for the most part, as soon as I get into it, you can just see a glazed look come over about 90% of people's faces. And then it's like, uh, 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 I mean it 's just so much information, and i don 't feel like we 're really uh, helped with that. Uh, those are some great Bible studies, and uh, there are reasons why we believe what we uh, we believe, but uh, my goal is to help us understand that there are reasons why it does matter uh, that we have confidence that we do have in every word Bible. I would have more i I would have uh, more respect for someone who does not use a King James Bible, but at least says, I believe that this is an every word Bible. But the very premise of those other translations, they are built on the premise that nobody has an every word Bible. So gets, who is the one that gets to choose which ones are God's words and which ones aren't? So take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four. Does Doesn't matter? Does it matter what version I use? Does it matter uh, what, uh, what Bible that I have? Uh, it does matter. It does matter. Matthew chapter four and verse number four. Matthew four, four. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Let's read that last part together. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Now, wait a second. Jesus is telling us that there has to be an every word Bible. Amen. Amen. So so with that being the case then, I need to be able to look at this and say, okay, where is that every word Bible? What what is that? So going back to our text, Psalm 12, 6 and 7, let's go back, 12, 6 and 7, Psalm 12, 6 and 7, the Bible says, the words of the Lord are pure words, notice the plurality there, the words... The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So that forever, uh, God said that he was going to preserve his word. Jesus said that man shall not live by Uh, bread alone, but by every word uh, that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So somewhere there has to be an every word Bible. Now with that, we do not speak Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. And if you do, God bless you. Now I do. I do have uh, a Greek Bible. Uh, I do have uh, the Hebrew. I do have these other uh, Bibles that I can study and look at. Uh, but but with that, uh, we we see that there have been translations, and a translation is going from one language into another language. Uh, and and with that, uh, we we have uh, a. English translation uh, of God's word. So here at Bible Baptist, all of the teaching, all of the preaching will be from the King James Bible. And that's, That is the the Bible that I believe is uh, the English, the Bible for the English-speaking people. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, And we can go into the Alexandrian text. We can go to the Westcott and Hort text. uh, We can go uh, to the Texas Receptus. Out of all of the scriptures and all of the modern translations, and when I say modern translations, uh, there was not another English Bible other than the King James, prior to 1801. The ASV was, was uh, that translation came out in 1801, and since then there have been many other uh, Bibles. Do you know that there is only one Bible that does not have a copyright? Do, do you know why? You can't copyright somebody else's words. You can only copyright your words. And there, there are, uh, the, the NIV to the King James, there are over 60,000 changes. 60,000. Every translation, including the new King James translation, they were all taken from the, the corrupt Alexandrian text. The King James is the only one from the Texas Receptus. So there are a lot of reasons and a lot of study that has gone into this. But beyond that, what we find is the devil is still working to create confusion. The devil is still working to cause people to not have confidence in the word of God. So several terms that get thrown around, and I wanna just sort of clarify some of them. First of, it, uh, first of those is inspiration. And I, uh, we dealt with this a little bit, but the, the word inspiration literally means God breathed. So God inspired, his word is inspired. Uh, it has come from him. So 2, Timothy, or 2 Peter chapter number one, go to 2 Peter chapter number one, we'll read verses 18 to 21. But uh, so with that, uh, we had the Holy Ghost overshadowing and moving upon the men uh, that he used as instruments in his hand uh, to give the very words that God wanted uh, written down. Second Peter 1.18, the Bible says, And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Uh, And that, we looked at that last week, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. Uh, Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy is of, of The scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, uh, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That was the process of God's word being written. People will say, Oh, you know, it was just a bunch of books written by a bunch of people over all this time, and you can't trust your Bible. No, there is a God in heaven that breathed. God breathed his book. Uh, It was in Inspired. They were a pen in the hand of the Almighty writing down the words that God wanted given uh, to you and to me uh, and to the world. So we have the inspiration of God's word. Then we have the preservation of God's word. Preservation. Preservation is the process by which God would protect and keep his word. How many of you have ever done any canning when we grew up? we did a lot of canning uh, and so uh, we had uh, we, we would go and we would not only raise uh, we had gardens and we 'd raise things and then we 'd also go uh, drive over to eastern Washington and we would literally bring a truckload home uh, with Cases uh, of vegetables. We'd bring back cucumbers. We'd bring back tomatoes. We'd bring back corn, uh, and we would end up bringing that all home. And then we would get the canner out, and we'd get these pots out, and pressure cookers out. Uh, And the process was that you would put those items in that uh, in that uh, uh, pressure cooker, and you would. You would uh, preserve, it was a process to preserve those vegetables so you could go back and eat them uh, within that next 40 years. And so, uh, no, it was, it shouldn't have lasted that long. Uh, definitely didn't around our house. But you would go back and then you would pop those rings and then there was another seal on top and then you would pop that seal and then you could pull that, those, the fruit out. You could pull out, uh, Deb would do applesauce and, uh, and so, uh, my favorite applesauce was always Mott's. That's what I grew up on was Mott's, uh, applesauce. Uh, and so uh, anyway, Deb would make homemade applesauce and I would always tease her, uh, man, as good as what mom would make. And mom always got Mont's. Uh And uh, so she didn't like that too well, uh, but uh, she's still smiling, so it's good. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we, we, we would preserve that. God is the one that said he would preserve his word. He would preserve it from spoil. He would preserve it from being decayed. He would preserve it from being lost. And so uh, he said, "Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation uh, forever." Go to Matthew chapter 24, Matthew 24. And verse 35. Matthew 24, verse 35. Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now, notice there that plurality, my words shall not pass away. Uh, Mark 13, 31, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Luke 21, 33, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Three times. God says something once and that's all that has to be said. God says something three times exactly the same way. He is putting emphasis on something. He does not want it uh, to, he doesn't want us to miss it. Uh, sometimes when the kids were home, and it's like uh, you say something, and then it's like you're not sure that they're. Li- Are you listening to me? That's what God's saying. Are you listening to me? Uh, Rachel would do that to me. Uh, I would. I would come home and I'd sit down in my chair, uh, and she would come over and she would be talking. And that was just the normal state of affairs. She was always talking uh, and she didn't stop. And so she was about five years old and she'd come over and she was talking and, and, and it just turned into white noise. I mean, it was just her and her mom both. It was just, <laughs> uh, and so anyway, she'd be talking and, and I wasn't listening. I was doing something else. And all of a sudden I felt these two little chubby hands pull, pull on my face and pull me over. And she'd look at me, daddy. Are you listening to me? You know what? That's what, <laughs> that's what God's trying to get our attention. It's my words. <laughs> now we have take two right there. <laughs> Absolutely take two. All right. And so uh, go to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Well, pastor, there's only some changes, there's punctuation changes, Uh, there's just new spellings. Does it matter? Luke chapter 16, verse 17. Bible says, and it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. Now, a tittle, a tittle was was a punctuation mark. Go to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, and verse number 18. Matthew 5, and verse 18. Bible says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth shall pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. God's saying, my law, my word is going to be there till heaven and earth pass away. And one jot, one tittle, one, one breath mark in the Greek, it is, it's a breath mark. Uh, brother, did you do it? Did you study Greek? Just a little bit. All right. Uh, and so you go through Greek class and as you're going through, there's there are these little breath marks and it changes the the, the whole pronunciation of the word by a little tiny, little tiny dot that is just like our apostrophe. And it changes everything about that word. And in God saying, listen, a jot or a tittle, just a little punctuation mark matters. And he says, I will preserve my word. Heaven and earth will pass away before my word changes. God, God can take care of his word and he doesn't want it to be messed with. Uh, not only is that, uh, there is a curse on those that change his word. A curse. All right, so go to 2 Timothy chapter three. 2 Timothy chapter three. So we're looking at, does not really matter? Well, if we're not supposed to change God's word, if, if a jot or a tittle being out of place, is not how it's supposed to be, then it does matter in changing God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, let's look at verse number 10. Bible says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the, notice this, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known, what are those next two words? Three words, the Holy Scriptures, all right? Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation salvation is at stake. Think about it. Salvation is at stake. He says, which are able to make thee wise unto the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, when... Paul was writing to Timothy and he said thou hast uh, known the holy scriptures Timothy did not have the originals he did not have the originals the argument comes out that the originals are correct we don't have the originals and if only the originals were correct, then God didn't keep His Word. So what happened? We had the scripture was given and there were copies, the, the copies of uh, the, the passages, the manuscripts, they were made, they were passed out, they were passed down. There were many copies that were made. And the, the detail of the copies uh, are unbelievable. The amount of manuscripts and copies that they have had uh, to be able to tie together together uh, they they 're unbelievable on the the uh, uh, the clarity and and, and how they uh, they validate one another and so Timothy though he did not have the originals he only had copies, and Paul said they were the holy scripture, so these scholars that are going back and saying, well, it should have been translated this. What they're, what they're saying, and they will come back, and they they will say that the, man, the original manuscripts were inspired, but we don't have those, so we don't have the Word of God. Therefore, all of these other Bibles, the authors, the ones that have copyrighted them, that make, anytime there's corruption, what's the first thing that you're supposed to do? Follow the money. Follow the money. God's word is not copyrighted. You say, oh, Pat. I've had people come. Well, oh, pastor, my, my King James Bible has a copyright. No, those, those footnotes have a copyright. But there is no copyright on God's word. And so, uh, but all of the other translations, there's a copyright on them. And there's money tied to them, so the debate of the scriptures is a very complicated uh, debate, uh, one that has so many uh, rabbit holes and trails that you could try to fall through uh, or follow. But uh, there, there is an issue, and the issue is: is the Bible God's word, yeah. and do we have a Bible, yeah. or do we have just most of the Bible? Because if it's man's word and we only have some of God's word, then which words are God's and which ones are not? You know what that does? That gives us the authority to pick and choose. God's word is not a smorgasbord. How many of you like smorgasbords? And you you go down through the smorgasbord, and there's some things over here you like. Deb and I, if we go to a smorgasbord, uh, we we went with the seniors a while back, and we were there. And uh, in in that smorgasbord, they had uh, they had sushi. Mrs. Brown does not like sushi. I like sushi, and so uh, so with that, uh, she passes by all of that section, and I go back. To that section over and over again. Why? Because it's something I like. She leaves out the other, leaves that area out because she doesn't like it. You know what? We can't come to God that way. Let your kids try that with you when you tell them something. Well, I didn't really like that, so I didn't think I should do it. Well, Nate, how would that have worked for you? (laughs) not so hot, yeah, Uh, how would that have worked for you? Not at all, no, and we wouldn't allow our kids to do that. Why would we as God's children do that? So is, is the Bible God's word? Doesn't matter. Until 1893, there really was not even an issue for the most part uh, with uh, the different translations. B.B. Warfield was a Presbyterian preacher who late, later become, became a professor of theology at Princeton University. And he was the one that opened up the debate on what, on what part of Scripture was God's word. And from that time, he is the one that began uh, the, the uh, attack. And it was, it was the same attack that Satan had been doing. He was just using this individual. Uh, and so his debate was not that the Bible was the word of God. His debate was that some of the Bible was the word of God. And that opened up a whole area where theologians became the ones to determine which part of God's word was God's word. Well, if only part of God's word is God's word, then which part? And who can tell you which part is God's word? So to, to be able to do that, then you have to have, uh, you have to know, have the originals or you have to know Hebrew or you need, need to be able to know Greek and uh, Aramaic. And uh, so what that did is that put the, the it put the uh, scholars in the driver's seat and it put the rest of us at the mercy of what they gave us. And God did not leave it up to man. God said that I will preserve my word. So, so pre- the preservation of God's word was God's job, not man's job. And he doesn't need a Harvard or a Princeton University president or a uh, professor to tell us what God's word says. They can't figure out what a man is or a woman is. <laughs> Why are we going to try to trust them to find out what God says? So there are many English translations. Doesn't matter. Several observations. Number one, God gave us his word. That was inspired. God gave us his word. He gave us what he wanted us to have. And with that, Bible tells us that the heavens could not contain the books to be written. The the Lord did so much, but he gave us in his inspired word what he wanted to be revealed to us, uh, to man. Uh, He said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So number one, God gave us his word. Number two, God preserves his word. God preserves uh, his word. Uh, they are pure words. Uh, he said, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Do you think forever included 2024? It included 2024. So his word then it is preserved. There is a preserved word of God somewhere. And if that is the case then do we ha- did we have to wait till 1960 to get another translation? No, God preserved his word. He not only gave it, inspired it, then he preserved it. Now, there are many translations into different languages. And I think sometimes people get a little bit too far on even the King James issue. You say, "Uh uh-oh, is pastor going heresy here? No. So we have a translation of God's word. Okay? It went from one language into another language. That's a translation. The English was not inspired. We have the preserved, inspired Word of God. It was not, if we, and there are people that believe that the King James Bible was inspired. If the English was inspired, then we have what's called double inspiration. The Bible doesn't teach us that. Bible tells us he gave us his word, and it was inspired. Then he said he was going to preserve that inspired word. So we have the preserved, inspired word of God. And I believe for the English-speaking people, it is in the King James Bible. Amen. Now, when you go to another language... There are, there are preachers, there are, mission, there are people who say, well, we've got to take the King James then, and then we've got to use that. Their translation and their language doesn't count because it did not come from the King James. Circular here. So when you go, you go from the original languages into another language, you don't go from one language to a translation, another language, to another translation, to a different language, all right? So so with that, if I went to the foreign field and I preached, I would have to take it from my King James Bible because that's what I know, and it's the language I know. And I would use that to to translate what I could if there was not a Bible that was in their language, so I could give them what I could. But for an actual translation, you would still go back to the original text, the original languages. So we would go back to Hebrew, we would go back to the, the Greek, and then we would take that into that next language. We wouldn't go from the Hebrew, Greek, into English, into another language. So, so with that, we, we, we want to make sure that we are, we are understanding that we do have a translation. There are those that believe that the English corrects the Hebrew and the Greek. And I think that's where we've got to be. We need to be, we need to be aware of how, how the Word of God has been given, the translations that it went into, and I believe that the King James Bible is the preserved, inspired Word of God for the English-speaking people, but I don't believe that that was for all the world. The same God that has preserved it in the English language for, for us he also wants the people in Russia and the people in China and the people in the Ukraine and the people in Thailand and the people in the Philippines to have God's word. And it would have to be translated into their language so they can understand it. And so, so here we, we see that God is in the pr- preservation model. Uh, He he is the one that's in that process. He is the one that has promised to preserve uh, his word. So the battle, do we have an every word Bible? If God can create the world to speak and to bring everything that is into existence, if God can uh, give his word, uh, uh, give his word, uh, through inspiration, and God can preserve that inspired word, word, then do we have it in the English language? And I believe we do. And I believe it is in the King James Bible. So, uh, so with that, uh, just having uh, the understanding that, that the attack with all, the, all of the other Bibles, it creates confusion, And it takes away the confidence that people have in their Bible. And we're seeing it that very, the very statistics are showing, these polls are showing that people don't believe that we have an inspired word of God. And that that is a, a plan of the devil. Now, I am not naive enough to think that everybody here has a King James Bible. I am not attacking you. I am just telling you why we use the King James Bible. And I am showing you that God does show us that his word, he was going to give it and he was going to preserve it from this generation forever. So God was the one that is in that process. And we should have that confidence in the Bible. Satan has continually fought against the authority of God's word, the authenticity of God's word. uh, And it does matter. All the other translations, uh, they are. They have been taken, uh, they have been changed. They are not the same. Now, there are passages that you can, you can see that they're almost the same. There, there are uh, passages where the meaning did not change. And I understand that that is a reality. But there are changes that are doctrinal changes. I can take you in an NIV Bible and show you that Satan is called the bright and morning star. my, My Bible says that Jesus is the bright and morning star. There are changes. Do you think that is on accident? Harper Collins, who is owned by Zondervan, who owns the... Copyright of the NIV. Robert Murdoch was the owner of those. He was also the owner of Hustler Porn Magazine. I, I don't think he owned the NIV copyright because of his desire to keep the Word of God pure. I mean, you just stop and think about that. God wasn't using him to bring that about. So, God's Word, it's been under attack forever. It's been under attack. And we do have a Bible. I believe God's Word for us is in the King James. That's why we use it. That's why we're going to continue to use it. Now, I'm not, I'm not t- telling you this and sharing this for you now to have ammo to attack somebody that has a different Bible. Okay? There are people that come, love the Lord, and they might have a different Bible. Let God work on them. We're not the Holy Spirit. And they might not ever agree on this area. But that's not my issue. That's not your issue. But I want us to understand, I want want us to have confidence in God's Word. And so, uh, so it does matter. Does it matter? Yes, it matters. It matters. And we want to have confidence in what God has given to us. He not only inspired it, He has preserved it, and we have that in the English language through the King James Bible. All right, Father, we thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you have given us your word. Thank you that not only are you a wonderful God who can create, but you're also a God who can preserve that word that you've given. And so I pray that you'd help us, uh, Lord, to be able to have confidence in your word too, to realize that uh, though there are many different uh, options that are out there, uh, we, we want to be able to uh, look into our uh, Bible and have confidence that uh, it is your word. And so help us uh, tonight. I pray that you would give uh, wisdom and guidance. Help us to respond as you would want us to, please. For Christ's sake, we pray, amen.